Discovery calls, sales calls, whatever you call them, today's episode is about having a strong initial first meeting with a potential client. You might be expecting me to give you tips on how to convert them into a sale, and I kind of will be, but the thing I'll be really focusing on is how to use the call to really get to know your prospect, as in the potential client, even if the call is only something like 20 minutes in length, and using that to route them to the right option in terms of what you sell. So if you've experienced calls after which people typically don't buy, or are thinking of offering calls but not sure how to make them valuable, keep listening. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Now, you might be thinking, oh, I'm fine talking to people. But the thing about discovery calls is that they aren't just about aimlessly talking to people or just being a confident speaker in general. Unless you have a thought out plan, you're going to experience things like no shows and people showing up simply for free advice. I very intentionally call my initial free call with prospective clients a discovery call instead of a sales call because my aim is to discover three things. Number one, are they a good fit for me? Do I want to work with them? Number two, am I a good fit for them? Do I have the skills and knowledge to actually support them? And number three, how serious are they about investing in themselves and their business? I'm not interested in making a sale as such, because I don't want to entice people who would be better off working with someone else. But I am interested in making a sale if I know I have the perfect solution for them. So that's where we'll start. Decide on a clear goal for your call because that will steer everything about it. So I'll stick with my example so you can see exactly how I revolve around those aims throughout the process. If you have different aims to me, you can tailor what I do to your situation. So I know that my first touch point with someone who wants a call is the booking process. I currently use Calendly to facilitate this and I've popped the link in the show notes. I love Calendly and you can use it for free. When someone books a call, they have to answer some questions for me. And this is my first opportunity to start finding out those things that fit with my aims for the call. So ask questions like, what are your top three struggles right now? Why are you seeking coaching and so on? It means I already know a lot about them before our call, which in turn helps me be really tailored in further questions that I ask and the training options that I suggest. And one important question is I ask whether they're ready to invest in their business. Now, that question cropped up because of my experience. Now, if you've had these kinds of calls before, you'll know exactly what I mean. But I have spent my time with people who clearly never had any intention of buying from me. Not with me and not with anyone else. They just want free advice. So I added this question to make sure that people booking a call are aware that what I offer will cost money and it's not worth having the call unless they're willing and have a budget to invest. Now I have to say that this question has been a game changer. Before I was having a lot of discovery calls each week with only a handful of them turning to clients. After adding this question, almost everyone I speak to ends up working with me. 
So it's very possible that some people go to book a call with me and that question makes them back out and abandon the process. But that's okay because it protects my time, it protects their time and it makes sure that I'm only spending my time with people who are serious about investing in their business. So let's move on. They've booked their call now. That's the first gate, if you like, that they've walked through. The second gate before their call is my follow-up email that gets sent after they've actually booked the call, but before the call itself. Now, for me, this is a quick email to tell people what to expect from the call and to encourage them to look around my website so they know what I offer. Again, this step was also added from my experience. You see, my calls are around 20 minutes and I want to spend the majority of that time learning about people, not talking about myself. And I was finding that people came to the call without having done any research into what I offer, which made the call feel really rushed. I had to reserve time to explain how I work, which they could have just found out through my website. Since adding that email, my calls are a lot more productive because people arrive already with an idea of how they want to work with me. So instead of it being led by me and me having to kind of sell and talk about myself a lot, they lead the decision which I really like. So now to the call. I find that these kinds of calls work best when you're outcome driven and I have two outcomes. Number one, if someone has made it as far as the call, I know I can help them because I've seen their challenges. So it's about making sure we're compatible and that what I offer them is exactly what they need. So that's my first outcome, to make sure they walk away with a targeted solution. My second outcome is related to if someone leaves the call feeling a bit unsure, a bit uncertain as to whether they want to work with me or whether the solution I've offered is right for them. Now, I do follow up with people, but for me to do that effectively, I need to know why they're unsure. So I don't want any calls ending without me at least understanding that. So my calls are designed around this. I don't use a script because every call is different, but there are some staple things that I ask. One of them is I check whether they got a chance to check out what I offer and which option they're leaning towards. This gives me a fast track into understanding what they like and why. I also ask them whether they've taken any support in the past and what they liked about it and what they didn't like to make sure that if something is a deal breaker for them, I can be really transparent with them and tell them if I think that they will or won't like how I work. And inversely, if there are things they really liked, then I can check if that matches with the way that I work as well. So this question is especially important when I work with people on a one-to-one -one basis because that work is completely bespoke and I need to know how to tailor it to their preferences. So that's the call itself, but this process doesn't end when that call ends. Typically, during the call, I will have explained a particular service in more detail, like the tutor's mastermind. But I can't expect them to remember everything or to not have questions later. So I make sure they walk away with a summary of whichever training options is the best fit for them. And I follow up with them afterwards because I already know so much about them and what they're struggling with, I can make this follow up really personalised. Now, I know this sounds like a lot of admin, but I have all of my processes automated. The only things that require my time are the call itself and the personalised follow ups. Otherwise, the booking, the pre-booking and the post-call information and emails, all of that is automated. And I don't pretend they aren't. I tell people what to expect after my call and what they're going to receive. And with that, I have a very low unsubscribe rate because I've already told them what to expect and I've been really transparent about it. 
Now, I've intentionally not spoken about how to handle objections. An objection is when someone has a feeling or an opinion that's stopping them from buying. For for instance, if you recommended your group class and a parent said they prefer one-to-ones. And I haven't tackled this side because firstly, I include that in a lot of the sales training I do with the masterminders every month. And also because if you map your process out well, you shouldn't actually face many objections. Think about it. From the first touch point, you have asked people to acknowledge that they're willing to invest. You've encouraged them to look around at what you sell and you've used your call to have a targeted conversation. It's not to say that you won't have anyone leave the call saying they need to think about it. To me, that's not an objection. That's totally reasonable. Even when I want something, I still take a minute to think about it. But an objection is very different. That's when someone is essentially saying no because. And that's when you end up finding that you either lose clients or prospective clients or you have to do a hard sell. And I don't like either of those options. And that's why I put in the work in making sure the whole process is really well thought through. Now, it's important to find your own style. And that's why I don't use a script and I don't give any of my clients a script. When you know what you want to include in that call, when you know what your outcomes are, you can do it your way and in your style. And that's really important because a big part of a discovery call is establishing rapport and a relationship. And you can only do that if you're authentically yourself. So this has been a relatively quick episode because actually it's quite simple. The way to have really strong discovery calls is to map out the process and base it all around what kind of call you want to have. You can start with asking really targeted questions so that you're diving in straight from the beginning, right from the start of that call. You can start referring to some of their answers and you can already have some solutions pre-prepared. You know what's going to match their needs already. You don't have to ask those questions within the call itself. And after the call, think about how you can follow up with people because sometimes people do need a little bit more information and they need to be welcomed to ask further questions. And what you'll find when you have this process, when you've actually mapped it out, is that you won't have people not showing up because you've already made them invest a bit of their time before they've even attended the call. And if someone is willing to do that, chances are they're going to show up. You've also made sure that they're not going to waste your time, that they're not just going to want to have a call with you to get loads of free information or free advice, because you've already made a point of checking that they are willing to invest. So think about the whole process from start to finish. Remember that that process doesn't end when a call ends. And think about how you can make sure that you're really following up with people, building a relationship, and you'll find that actually you'll enjoy those calls because they'll be really targeted and really productive and you'll be attracting the people who you're really compatible with. So I hope you found that useful and if you're connected with me on social media then do let me know if you're going to use any of these tips because I would love to hear how you find them. As always thanks for spending your time with me and listening. If you have a quick moment I would love it if you could leave a review. For small podcasters like me that really helps me reach more people. You'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.